Well, hi, everybody. It's Kim Winter here. Uh, great to see you again, and, and thanks for joining us for this business leaders uh, session. Today, we're blending in business leadership uh, specialist and also uh, book review because our guest, very special guest today, is um, an exceptional consultant, business leader, transformation leader, change maker, change leader, um, speaker, and author. Uh, just finished his sixth book, which we're going to review today, if we can get him to speak a little bit about it, and with the seventh one in production I hear. So without further ado, uh, my great pleasure to introduce from the US, Jim Kerr. Hey, Jim. Hey, Kim. How are you? It's great uh, to be here. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Where are you hailing from today? Well, I'm in uh, the U.S. I'm in Connecticut, which is uh, sort of in between uh, Boston and New York City. And um, again, it's just great to be with you here tonight, okay. Kim. Thanks so much. A bit early for you and a bit later for us. Hey, Jim, um, look, you, you've got a huge uh, expanse of experience right across uh, the leadership and change management spectrum. Um, you consult to a lot of tier one companies. Um, tell it, and you're also an author, which I want to talk about this book, Indispensable, uh, which people can see the links to down below where we're speaking today. Um, we always like our guests to let us know a little bit of slice of life. Where did Jim come from? How did he get to where he is today? And uh, where was the upbringing? So where did it all kick off for you, Jim? Well, you know what? I'm a real, uh, as I like to, to kid, I, I, I'm a real uh, working class um, management consultant and executive coach. I, I come from really humble beginnings. I grew up in a factory town. I was the first in my family to go to university. Um, when I came out, I, I was fortunate to have some terrific mentors who kind of pointed me in a certain direction that led to consulting. I've been uh, doing this consulting thing for, hate to admit this, Kim, but over 30 years. And as you mentioned, you know, I've, I've written a half a dozen books during that time. And number seven is about halfway done. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and and uh, so for you, what were the real light bulb moments? Were there any sort of insight moments where you were driven in the direction of change and development and making things happen in business? I mean, did you have a corporate career first or? Um... Yeah, I sure did, uh, Kim. And, and I will tell you what inspired me. Um, and this probably says an awful lot about me, um, sad to say, but I was fortunate to have been given the opportunity to work on a, on a project that was led by a consultant in my uh, very first job out of college. And I was uh, part of a five-person team. I was the youngest person, least experienced. And I was listening and kind of going along with what the consultant was trying to lead us through. And I recognized that a lot of what he was doing uh, was contrary to the things that I had just learned in college. So I challenged him a bit. And I was fortunate enough, as mentioned, that I had a mentor there who would encourage me to do that. And it was right around that time I recognized that maybe consulting something I could do someday because I felt like I could do a better job than this guy who was leading us. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that was, a, I think, a defining moment early in my career. Oh, way to go, way to go. So, and, and you know, interestingly, you know, you, you've moved into the coaching area. 
um, which is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough game. We have, we have an executive coaching business globally as well. And, uh, you know, if you're not pretty good at what you're doing and delivering for tier one corporates, especially, then uh, sooner or later, you're going to get found out. So, um, and, and in particular with you, uh, if we move into the book, Indispensable, um, you have the world's number one iconic, globally famous coach of all time, Marshall Goldsmith, who has been prepared to to make a quote about your product and about what you've written in that book. So kudos to you because, um, you know, Marshall Goldsmith uh, doesn't uh, lean, lean forward to anybody that he doesn't highly respect. Yeah, that, that was, uh, uh, it's really great to have forged a relationship with Marshall. Uh, he's endorsed the last couple of books that I've written. Um and I, I really uh, appreciate his endorsement because I think it gets more eyes on on my work. And and certainly this um, current book, Indispensable, Build and Lead a Company Customers Can't Live Without, is one of those books that I feel um, is very timely, giving all of what we've all had to live through um, this past year and a half or so. And it's got in it... Uh, some ideas, some strategies, some things that I've done with with the organizations that I help. So I know they're all tried and true. It's not a theory. It's really practice. And, and that's how I like to distinguish my work. I I, uh, I take maybe other people's theories and, and actually uh, come up with ways to implement them so that it makes a difference for the companies that I help. So that's what this book's about. It's It's got um, some really good content, some terrific examples. I think I've got over 50 or 60 examples from industry. Many of them were things that I've done with clients myself. Um, so it, it's a good guidebook for, for anybody who wants to you know, set direction or manage change. And I've had a quick look. So it's, it's really a bit of an almanac or a, a book where you can index and you can go, I've got this issue or I've got that issue. You know, where are the case studies? What examples do we have? Um, what details can I see about what may help me blend into what I'm trying to achieve in my journey? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I tried to create a bit of a formula, Kim. I I, um, I suggest that there's six main things that every company needs to do to be indispensable. I define indispensable as being the one that, you know, companies uh, choose over any other uh, others to do business with. So in other words, you're you're the you're the provider of choice in whatever uh, industries you, you play in. And, and to do that, you know, it, it, the very first thing is a leadership mindset. So, so that's one of the chapters in the book. And I talk about some of the things that are characteristic of an indispensable leader. And then it goes from there. You know, there's vision, there's culture, there's, there's things around people and talent development, trust and empowerment, and even change frameworks. You want to be sure that whatever you're instituting is repeatable. And I talk a lot about what that looks like and, and not recommend any one over any other, but simply to say that these are the characteristics you should look for when you're trying to, um, you know, institute change and, and make it stick. Sure. So just as, as a quick snapshot backwards, if you like, while we're, we're just reviewing a couple of things about the book, um, what were the other books about? Because I, I haven't read them. And uh, what was that? Was there an, a gestation and an evolution or was it different thinking? 
Well, you know what? I, I would say it was definitely uh, an evolution. And the, the first couple of books were focused on uh, information technology strategy. My very first, first book was called The IRM Imperative. Uh, it was published by Wiley and Sons back in the day before there was even things like email. I remember uh, <laughs> having my manuscript typed by hand, you know, uh, and mailing it literally uh, to uh, the publisher. Uh, and having edits come back and forth via mail, um, you know, snail mail. So, uh, yeah, it was long ago. But the, the thesis of the book was we should manage information as a corporate asset. And I even say in the book, so sort of the centerpiece, is if we do the right job, we could literally uh, see something like information on a balance sheet. And we'd be able to put a price tag on it. And here we are, you know, some almost 30 years later. And we're seeing that that's something that's really happening, that, that people are putting uh, dollar figures to their data assets and, you know, things around big data and, and so on were, were referenced in the book. I didn't have the terminology there, but I was talking about what amounted to things that later became known as data warehouses and uh, management information systems and things like that. So that was my first book. And the second book was around uh, rapid application development. And it was um, literally a diary that I kept during a project that I was heading up. Uh, for the company that I was working for at the time. Um, and it just showed that the day in, day out activities of a project team is to try to rush through delivering a new system. And it was there that I pivoted a bit. And the, the last four books from there were around strategy, leadership, and leads all the way up to the indispensable um, book that, that we're talking about today. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, I can relate back to the early days. Um, you know, university for me in New Zealand, didn't see a computer for three years during my undergraduate yeah. degree <laughs> and hardly yeah. used one during my MBA either. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's amazing where we've come from, you know, to, to, to where we are today. Yeah, totally. Hey, Jim, I want to wrap with, um, uh, I like to always get our guests to maybe in, on the book reviews, one or two things that you really think um, wrap up that the type of insight or the type of messaging that you think people can really gain from the book. What what direction are you? Uh, is it going to push people into? What's what's something that really stands out for you? That's a bit of a touch point. Well, you know, for me, I think so much of it is around culture. If you establish the right kind of culture within your business, um, that's where indispensability really. Uh, starts with from or starts with, you know, if you have a really good culture, then chances are great that you are going to um, deliver, uh, you know, a remarkable customer experience to all those customers that you're supporting and so on. If your culture isn't so good, however, uh, chances are that the customer experience isn't very good either. And as a consequence, you're not going to be the preferred provider of choice in your industry. So you got to get that right. And, and, and I talk about strategic alignment across, across the six dimensions that I, I reference in the book and kind of say, you know, it starts with mindset, then it goes into a vision and you've got to have a vision that you can articulate in a way that compels people to behave differently. And then that leads to culture. And, and by my definition, anyway, culture is nothing more than the way people behave. So, um, you know, the book kind of its centerpiece is really around culture and making sure that that's right. 
Okay. Hey, that that's really insightful. I mean, I, I just got back from Africa yesterday. I was with my business partner Daryl Judd, who heads up our uh, corporate advisory M and A division, and um, we were in the middle of an M and A conversation with a couple of very major clients in Kenya last week. And the first thing when the partners met each other was that they wanted to talk about culture. Absolutely no BS. The first thing that you're talking about a massive deal and the first thing they wanted to talk about was the culture going to work? Were they able to align or weren't they? And if they couldn't, they weren't interested in doing the deal. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I've worked on on several uh, M&A engagements over the years and one of the more interesting ones, if I can take a minute or two and, and share it with you, yeah. It happened uh, between two um, Japanese-based insurance companies that had operations around the globe. And these are big, big players. On one side, I had a company that was ultra-conservative. They, uh, particularly in, in the insurance business in the United States, is, is highly regulated. They would do whatever they could to comply, even if it cost them more money to be in compliance than it would have been to pay a penalty for not being in compliance. The other company that was being uh, they were merging with uh, was ultra risk taking, you know, real swashbucklers and catch me if you can kinds of uh, kinds of mindset. And their culture was one where we're not going to necessarily worry about compliance. We're going to do what's going to help us, you know, grow the bottom line. And if we get caught doing something that's not so great, then we'll pay the penalty. <laughs> So, so merging those, those kinds of companies that were so radically different was quite a challenge. And what added to it was I was working with the U.S. side of the uh, merger. Um, what, what, what happened in both of these companies is they have a U.S.-based management team that were Americans, and they have a Japanese-based uh, team, teams in Tokyo, and they were like shadow organizations. And... <laughs> You know, so not only did I have to wrestle through the cultural differences in the United States, but I also had to, you know, wrestle through the cultural differences among those in Japan. And then I also had to manage across the the idea that there was a difference between Americans and Japanese. (laughs) So it was quite a challenge. And. And I think maybe it was then that I recognized the importance of culture and, and have been sort of highlighting that concept ever ever since so it's so uh so good to hear uh kim that your clients are are when considering an m&a type of uh initiative they're they're looking at culture first because i I think that's right that's right on you've got to make sure the cultural fit is there otherwise it's going to take you years to merge And, and that's what happened with this company it really took years to get it to get it right yeah, I, I got to say, I was I was just dumbfounded. It was I was not I shouldn't have been surprised as an executive coach, but I was mightily impressed. I mean, this is a big end of town deal, and um, that was just what they were all about. And it was you know so refreshing to hear. Got the DD teams. You can do all the diligence you like right, and everything else. Right. That was going to be the bedrock. They weren't going anywhere. Hey, Jim, look, I know you've got to get the day underway and uh, really appreciate you joining us. Uh, I mean, you are one of the preeminent coaches um, and authors out there on change, on transformation, on leadership. 
and the coaching work that you do at the top end of town is mightily impressive as well. So highly respect the time that you've been able to give to us. I hope the audience has been able to get some insight of what goes on in the mind of, uh, of a mad scientist writing books <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, it's, it's a thankless task at times, I know, because uh, I've spoken to a number of authors during this, uh, this whole session series. Uh, but, you know, if you're, if you're going to leave one thing with us, uh, whether it's, um, you know, people about to write a book or whether it might be in the coaching sphere, one tip from a legend in, in the marketplace <laughs> being self, what would it be? <laughs> wow, Kim, I mean, that's really, really. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. That was quite a lead in, my man. Uh, life, life according to Jim. Life according to Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess I'd ask, uh, I'd have them ask themselves a question. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? So if, if you think you've got a book in you, go for it, man. You know, it's, it's uh, really worthwhile. And, and I will tell you this, you will learn so much by having to put words down on a page because you'll realize that the things that you thought were real, when you have to actually explain it in words, you recognize, oh, maybe it doesn't actually work this way. And, and, and then you learn something by the by virtue of, of trying to help others learn something too. So yeah, if you got it in, you go for it. Hey, uh, Jim, uh, words from the icon and uh, really appreciate it. I know I've found this really interesting and uh, I'm going to read more of the book and I encourage others to do so as well. And uh, as people can see below, all the links to catch up with you on all the different platforms, uh, much to learn. Appreciate you sharing, my friend, and uh, we certainly look forward to coming back to you when the seventh book, which is, I think, halfway through, um, yeah, no. is finished. Of course, <laughs> you can't tell us what it's called yet, but uh, you probably don't know. But uh, <laughs> hey, It may uh, have indispensable in the title. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, Jim Kerr, globally significant author, uh, coach, change maker. Really appreciate your time. We look forward to catching up again. Thanks so much. Jim, it was a delight, and thank you. Lots of fun today. Thanks. Thanks, Jim.